everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of a Trophy Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, coming to you on this Wednesday afternoon from Atlanta as we are trying to put the pieces together for what has been a tumultuous week in college athletics. We'll get to that in just a moment. Our sponsor today is Jersey Mike's, where they offer a sub above, one that's measured in more than inches or seconds till served. Jersey Mike's carefully considers every aspect of what they do, every slice, every sandwich, in every store, and they seek to provide their customers with sustenance and substance, too. It's a great sub. Check them out, Jersey Mike's. Coming to you this Wednesday afternoon, the events of the week have certainly shaken the college athletic world. We know that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have opted to postpone their respective fall sports seasons, with football being the obvious headline grabber. And here, of course, in the college basketball world, we noted that the Pac-12 decision yesterday to delay all sports until January 1st sort of got everybody's attention because college basketball is considered a winter sport that, as we know, stretches over the two traditional semesters. Now, it's interesting to note that there are four Pac-12 schools that operate on the quarter system, just to make it a little more complicated. So college basketball will be sure to ask these conferences for some clarity on when the men's and women's teams can officially start their seasons. More to come on this, I'm sure, in the weeks ahead. As of this Wednesday afternoon, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 were planning on staging their football seasons as planned, allowing, of course, for alterations as the medical experts they employed deem necessary. Our guest this week is Jeff Goodman. He's the highly respected basketball writer who now appears on Stadium. He is a must-follow on Twitter, at Goodman Hoops. And Jeff does a lot for Naismith with his voting and his recommendations. And you'll hear more about that in just a moment. want to say up front that we recorded our conversation on Monday before the bombshells of Tuesday. But the content surrounding our college basketball discussion still holds true. So we will pre- present the entire interview unedited. And without further ado, my conversation this week with Jeff Goodman. Well, it's an absolute delight to have our next guest join us. Jeff Goodman from Stadium is on the line with us. He has been so good uh, to Naismith over the years. He's been a voter for more than a decade with us, serves on our National Board of Selectors, which helps compile the 50-watch list, the 30-member midseason team, and the 10 semifinalists for National Player of the Year. And he joins us. Today on the Trophy Life Podcast, Jeff Goodman, how are you, sir? Uh, doing about as well as we can be doing, Bob. I'm enjoying the NBA, obviously, and uh, it's great that Adam Silver has done such a terrific job, and he's certainly got the money to be able to do it. Uh, but obviously, I'm concerned about uh, college football in the short term and college basketball in the a little bit uh, longer term and whether we're going to have a season. Right. Well, let's get right to it, because uh, let's let everybody know that we're recording this on late Monday morning, uh, August the 10th. So by the time you hear this, uh, when we post it on Wednesday the 12th, things I'm sure will have uh, changed quite a bit. But uh, just with that backdrop, Jeff, it looks like college football is just hanging on by a thread. And this, of course, is going to send uh, earthquakes through all of college athletics, because it's the funding vehicle for most of what we do. What is your latest thinking about what's going on? Why have we gotten to this point? 
share with us your thoughts on first. We'll get to college hoops in just a second, but first on football. Yeah, I mean it's it's all about liability uh, with the president. You know, as much as anything else, uh, they've got to cover their own. You know what? And, and and that's what they're doing here because they are afraid that if they allow these kids to play college football, uh, and you have uh, deaths if you have major injuries, whatever it's going to be, it falls ultimately on these, these school presidents. And let's face it, like some of these programs make a lot of money. Others, we saw the MAC already say, you know what, we're not, we're not playing in the fall. Maybe we'll play in the spring, but we're not playing in the fall because let's face it, MAC schools, you know, the ball states of the world, the Bowling Greens, they're not making money anyway. Now the SEC is probably going to be the last one standing because they are making a lot of money. They want to play college football. Uh, I just actually texted with a with an AD in the, in the Big Ten, and I said, uh, you know, are we are we in major trouble here? He said, yeah, it does not look good. So I, I don't think we're going to have college football here in the uh, in the fall. Hopefully, we can push it back to the spring. Maybe things change. Maybe we have you know these these inexpensive, uh, quick tests that we can kind of. But but again, the hard part is in the NBA, Bob. You know. You got this bubble. Nobody's leaving other than Lou Williams. <laughs> Everybody else is, you know, <laughs> sitting tight and doing the right thing. Where in college football and college basketball and college athletics, it's just not feasible to expect that. Well, where we stand with the pandemic in the United States today, the only chance that you've got for playing successfully is in a bubble. Yeah. Um, yeah. And baseball is finding that out. But basketball's doing fine, hockey's doing fine, Major League Soccer's doing fine. But again, to your point, you you look at the money, the millions of dollars that it's taken yeah. those leagues to do this, to get it to this point, there's no way you could do that in college athletics. No, here's my my idea for, for two months has been this. Forget about conferences. Forget about conference um, matchups, games, whatever and just go non-conference, do 30 pods of 12 teams apiece, start at Thanksgiving when all the kids go home for school and when there's, a, there's going to be a long, like, two-month break uh, on every campus. That way they're not missing class and have 30 regional pods of 12 teams apiece in which not one school ever gets on a plane. They're all able to drive. They go to this one place, uh, and they play, let's say, six games within a 14-day period. And they do that, you know, two or three times, and you get in as many games as you can. And maybe this year you only have an 18-game total schedule. And uh, I don't know if it's feasible financially, but I think that's the best way you're going to be able to pull off some semblance of the season. Plus you also have, Bob, which nobody's talked about, the referees. Well, if they're going to eight places in eight days, which they often do, how's that going to work as opposed to putting them in a pod and saying, hey, you're going to stay here for two weeks, and here are the crews, and you're going to officiate kind of like the NBA has done in their bubble. Now, again, college kids aren't going to – they're not going to be as good, obviously, as the NBA guys in staying in their bubble. Uh, but I think ultimately if you're telling them, hey, for these two weeks, you've got to stay, stay tight and you can't go out to bars or, or whatnot, maybe they, maybe they could pull it off. I don't know. Do you think that's workable out west? where you don't have the concentration of schools and population and it would take a lot of, you know, that, those are some long drives uh, for some of those schools to come together in one location. 
They are, but they do it anyway, right? I mean, you could send Idaho, you know, I don't even know where Idaho could drive. But but you could, I think you could figure it out. You know, could you have Idaho go, you know, and, and or, or have Wyoming and Montana schools um, drive out to Idaho and, and, and they have, you know, 12 teams there? Um, I, I think it could be done. I don't think it would be easy, but I think it could be done. The biggest question is, again, the kids kind of uh, living by whatever rules are implemented. And number two, the money part of it, obviously, to set up a bubble for, you know, two weeks a couple different times and have, you know, all the facilities, uh, everything there. But I do think, again, testing would be less money because you're doing it in in more of a mass quantity, uh, and the referees would certainly be more feasible to be able to pull it off. Do you think these conversations are being had as we speak? I know they're being had. I mean, I know the Big East and the Big Ten have talked about it. I don't think it's at the forefront right now. Um, but, I, you know, football has been at the forefront, obviously, and, and, and it should be because it's around the corner. But I think once you once you push off football uh, till the spring at, at the very least, then you've got to figure out, okay, what do we do with basketball? We're going to push that back until at least January, which I think – Again, either either you do it right when all the kids, the regular students, go home in November because you do have nobody else on campus at that point, so you can figure something out. Um, you know, again, some coaches have said to me in the in the high major leagues, well, we'll just do a bubble within our conference. Well, that's fine with the big boy leagues, but let's face it, some of the smaller leagues, they can't afford to set up a bubble. There's no chance. Like, you know, the Big Ten, the Big East, the Big 12 – some of those leagues might be able to set up a bubble to play enough conference games. Um, but, but again, is, is Conference USA, is the MEAC? No, no. Well, you know, one of the challenges, Jeff, because of the proliferation of these conferences for football, they are now so far flung. I mean, right, right. you're talking yeah. about the Atlantic Coast right. Conference. Good heavens. I mean, yeah. you try to set up bubbles in South Florida and, you know, it works in the Carolinas and Virginia, but then you got Pitt and Notre Dame and Boston uh, College, Syracuse, BC. Right. I mean, it's crazy how spread out they are and how they are going to make this work if indeed that that comes to pass. It's one of these things. The geography involved is crazy. I'll give you one even worse. How does Conference USA do it with, with <laughs> FIU going you mean to North, You mean Norfolk to El Paso uh, is right? a problem? That's what I'm saying. Like, are they really going to get off the plane on a connecting commercial flight after sitting in wherever, waiting for two hours in the airport to connect? Are they going to be able to get off the plane and play UTEP the next day? Right. right? You know, it, none of us have a crystal ball. We know that. But it, we just get the feeling that we are in the midst of some pretty seismic changes in the way college athletics does business. And certainly, the regional play concept has to be coming back in some form or fashion, where you, the big boy schools locally, just can't thumb their nose at their smaller brothers anymore because they're going to, they really need them to be able to play games regionally. And that's got to go. One thing that's going to change, don't you? Got to go that route. Has to go that route of, of more regional matchups because. You know, the other thing I think we might see is kind of an, a, a market correction in terms of, of salaries. Like if you're if you're hiring somebody now, are you going to pay them the three million 
um, that you might have paid, that, uh, you know, him a year or two ago? Or do you say to yourself, you know what, we're going to go on the cheap now and, and we're not going to pay overpay. I mean, a great example. Here, here's a good one. Tom Crean at Georgia. Okay, Tom Crean is out of the game. He is not a head coach. He's working for ESPN, and Greg McGarrity, the AD at Georgia, is paying Tom Cream. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's a number around $3 million a year. Well, why? Why? Because you have to say that, that he's properly compensated with regards to the other SEC men's basketball coaches? It's a waste of money. You're pissing away money, and these guys need to – I don't know. I, I just – I get so frustrated with some of the decisions that are made you know, why are you allowing these coaches to take private planes to, to fly all across the country to see recruits? Like, some coaches are great at it. Rick Barnes never, ever uses uh, – I know he didn't really at Texas. I don't think he uses it that much in Tennessee either, private planes. Other coaches take advantage of it, and, and they fly all over the place all the time. And, um, but, but, again, it's more the administration allowing them to do that. Why? Well, here's the – the point you make, Jeff, is a great one because the pandemic has proved that you can recruit on Zoom and sign people. <laughs> that's right. That's you right. know, yeah, the jig is up. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's not easy, right? Like trying to evaluate kids on live streams. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, of, of uh, mistakes made, and we'll see that, that you know, in, in a year or two when the transfer rate goes even higher than it's been. Um, but you're right. You're right. You, listen. I've always thought it was kind of comical to watch like Coach K and Calipari and some of these Roy Williams flying all across the country just to show their face uh, in front of a 17-year-old or 16-year-old kid. It, it just It's comical to me, but they've done it, and, and now maybe they say to themselves, you know what, we're, we're not doing this anymore. We're too old for this. There's no reason for it. The other aspect of the college uh, money arms race, if you will, is uh, athletic facilities, and, you know, I, I think we've kind of passed the day now where you're going to have slides and miniature golf courses inside athletic buildings. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're, it's, <laughs> it's been that way for a while, right? You, you, you better – your locker room better be better, you know, better look better than the, uh, than, than the uh, you know, your rivals or whatnot, and it's become kind of a joke where, right, you've got now, you know, iPads and – Everything is, is, is about bells and whistles, um, where hopefully, again, hopefully there's some realization and, and kind of market correction where, you know, I've heard now, how about this one? I heard that one program, one college basketball program, is now doing away with drug testing so that they can pay for COVID testing. So no more drug testing because they can't afford both. Right. Right. Wow. Well, we here at a Trophy Life podcast, of course, we suspend our disbelief that things are going to be uh, not okay, and we're going to plunge forward and take a look at, at what might be if there is indeed a college basketball season. And, Jeff, as you know, the big news last week was the uh, NBA draft deadline, and so many of the big-time college stars have decided to come back, and it looks this is why we wanted to have you on this week because you, nobody's got their finger on the pulse of this more than you. But it sure looks like the Big Ten came out huge. Uh, okay. Obviously, Luca Garza, who's a Naismith uh, Player of the Year candidate, maybe at the top, but Iowa, uh, Illinois, Michigan, yeah, even Michigan State. Uh, get Henry, lose Tillman, but still, the Big Ten seems to have really benefited. 
Yeah, loaded. Right now, Big Ten and Big Twelve are the two the two leagues that are clearly ahead of everybody else. And you know, I think I have four teams in the Big Ten in the top in my top twelve. Iowa certainly with Luca Garza coming back. Wisconsin has everybody coming back. And, and really, Illinois was the one who who made out the the best because uh, Iowa DeSumo I thought was long gone, and he admitted that to me before the season. He was gone. After the season ended, he was gone. Uh, but he said the pandemic really kind of changed things for him because, you know, his stock was such that he was probably a mid to late second rounder. And how do you boost it, even when you're an athletic freak like him, without the combine? You need the combine. Uh, Kofi Co- Co- uh, Coburn also went back to Illinois. So they've got, really, you know, two really good players back along with a, a terrific freshman class uh, with two top 50 players, Adam Miller and Andre Corbello. So, uh, I think Illinois is a top 10 team. And listen, you never count out Michigan State, uh, even losing Tillman. I think Rocket Watts is going to be one of those guys that, that probably uh, has as big of a jump as just about anybody in college basketball, you know, going from kind of a, a, a complimentary piece last year who was inconsistent. Uh, I think he'll be a guy that, um, you know, pardon my pun, but takes off this year. Jeff, who else is in your top 10? I mean, listen, one, two, and three, I don't know if you can really argue with any. Like, one, two, three are clear-cut for me in any order you want to put them. I have Baylor at one. You could just as easily have Villanova or Gonzaga at one. I think those three uh, are pretty clear. And then there's a a drop-off to, you know, Iowa at four, Kansas at five, Wisconsin six, Virginia seven, Illinois eight, Creighton nine, and Texas Tech ten. I I just – here's the, the big advantage for me why I have Baylor, Villanova, and Gonzaga uh, ahead of everybody else is because this year, if there is a season, you're not going to have uh, – you're going to have a major advantage for those teams that bring back the core of their team because newcomers, freshmen, transfers, whatever, you're not going to be able to do as much. We, we're seeing this in the summer. What have they done? Basically nothing. Ordinarily, they're able to work out with, with the coaches. They're able to be around their teammates. Uh, this year was completely different. So I think a team like Kentucky, which has so much uh, youth, even this year compared to ever, um, they return less, I believe, from points per game. Keon Brooks is the only guy back. He averaged about four and a half points a game. Uh, so a team like Kentucky that has so many new faces, whether it's transfers or, or freshmen, I, I think is going to be in trouble this year because, again, generally they're getting their chemistry in the summer. They're working out. They're learning the basics of the system. Um, and, and this year they haven't been able to do that. Along those lines of not doing anything this summer to speak of, uh, what are the coaches saying, Jeff, to you and, and others about the lack of the high school camp season? Uh, some was played, but the vast majority was not. Uh, thoughts on player development and ratings and, and going into the, not only the recruiting season, but the incoming class and all those things yeah. that uh, with no summer basketball. I mean, they're taking kids sight unseen already. Like, high major schools are taking players they've never seen in person, and that never happens. And it's only going to get worse as these programs miss out on their 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 top options, right? Their 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 A guy. Uh, then they're going to have to go down to maybe their B if they miss on him. You go to C, well, they've never seen C in person. So I, I think that's a big problem they're having right now. 
but everybody's kind of the same, you know, the same deal right now. You know, some if you're out enough over the course of the season um, watching, you're in a little bit of, a, of an advantage over those who prioritize their own players, didn't really recruit during the season. Uh, but I think it's, it's hard for the, the coaches to evaluate, and it's obviously hard for the kids. I mean, right now, you know, I'm, I'm in Massachusetts here, and, you know, there's a, a, a kid who I know pretty well. Uh, he's like a mid-major recruit, and he's not really playing in anything. You know, he's not playing in any events. He's not out there in the, the big-time uh, events. Some of them are still being played and streamed online, but um, you got to feel for these kids because it's a big, big summer for a lot of recruits and they're not able to get out there. And certainly uh, it, it's, it, it hurt me too because I like getting out on the road in, in July and going to, you know, Peach Jam, uh, going to Vegas. Uh, it, it's fun for me. It's productive for me to not only see the players, the best players in the country, uh, but also obviously to be able to be around the coaches at a time when they're, they're far more relaxed, far more um, able to talk to you openly. Jeff, what do you make of the empowerment of the players as a voice to make changes in the way they are treated and the way college athletics operates? A lot of news in the past week uh, originating with the Pac-12 players, but it's spreading. Um, Will it get to basketball? How will it get to basketball? And what do you think is going on with all this? Yeah, I think it's already gotten to basketball, and I've talked to numerous players about it. Um, you know, I had a podcast I did with, with Florida's Scotty Lewis, with uh, Nick Sherrod of Richmond, Luca Garza, and I asked him that question. I said, how, how much more um, free do you feel right now to be able to express your opinion than you did a year ago? And they all admitted, yeah, it's, it's night and day because of everything that's happened, honestly, in our country um, with with systemic racism and everything that's kind of occurred over the last couple months. Um, I, I think they feel like they have a voice and their voice is going to be heard. And, and, and it's hard right now because um, anybody going against that voice, they have, they have the leverage now where they never felt like they had it before. Now it's like, Hey, listen, listen to us or else. And if you don't listen to us, you're going to get crucified, whether it's, you know, an AD, a coach or whoever you're seeing most people, side with the players in, in these situations. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I saw the comments of Trevor Lawrence, the Clemson quarterback, and, you know, he's trying to throw a Hail Mary yeah. <laughs> here at the last yeah. minute to convince people to play football. So it's not like uh, the players are all in lockstep. I mean, some want to play, some don't want to play, blah, blah, blah. How do you, as a, as a sport, as an institution, how do you get your arms around all this? In, in a very short amount of time. Yeah, that, that's the hard part. They're trying to figure this out now. And, and too many, again, NCAA has, has very little leadership. Uh, Mark Emmer probably should have been replaced a while ago. Um, they should have commissioners for both sports, the big sports at least, for, for basketball and, and football. Um, so I think you just have poor leadership, poor organization, no, no synergy. And, and we saw that. Listen, in, in mid-March, we saw that the day that all the conference tournaments were canceled, right? Instead of having a conference call that morning, if you're Mark Emmert, and saying, hey, guys, here's the deal. Let's figure out what we're going to do now. And if everybody's going to cancel their conference tournaments, 
let's do it with one statement and be done with it. Instead, it was literally, I was tweeting out that morning, according to sources, the MEAC is canceled, the, the big, you know, Big East, whatever. It was just one after the other. There's just no, no synergy, no organization uh, with the NCAA. So nobody has any confidence that they're going to be able to figure this thing out. But I will say with, with regards to Trevor Lawrence's tweets, I agree with a lot of what he said, including that a lot of the players are safer on campus than they are at home. Uh, and I've heard this for months, and it's true. You know, they obviously get good medical um, treatment, uh, meals, um, you know, obviously where they're housed. A lot of that is better than what they have at home. They are safer in some regards being on campus. And, and let's face it, whether they're home, whether they're on campus, they're going out regardless, a lot of them. So it's not like because they're at home, they're not going to go out to a bar or to a party or anything like that. So um, I agree with him in that regard. But, again, this is, um, this is tough. This is a tough um, thing to try to navigate right now because there's so many moving parts, and not everybody's the same, Bob. You know, obviously you've got, you know, Big Ten schools that have a ton of money and, and uh, probably more at risk uh, also. They make more money as opposed to, to, again, some of the smaller leagues, the SoCon or, or the Southland or, or what, or the Summit. Um, they're, they're totally different. Fascinating. And, and as you, you mentioned, I mean, this is changing by the minute, it seems. Uh, but, Jeff Goodman, we can't thank you enough, not only for all you do for us, for Naismith, but uh, your great reporting and, and staying on top of college basketball 24-7 uh, must uh, follow uh, at Goodman Hoops on Twitter, and of course, catch him out on Stadium at WatchStadium.com. Jeff, thank you so much, and uh, can't wait to catch up when we got a little bit better news to talk about. Maybe the start of a new college basketball season. No, thanks for having me, Bob. I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, we'll get a chance to see each other in person soon, maybe at a Hawks game or, or, or something like that next year. I'm all for that. Thank you, partner. Take care. Take care, man. You got it. Jeff, we appreciate it. If you haven't already, we would really appreciate you if you would leave us a rating and review. Your support makes a trophy life possible, and feedback only goes to help improve the show. So thanks in advance for that. This week, our podcast presented by Jersey Mike's. I'm getting hungry. Time for Jersey Mike's. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next Wednesday on a Trophy Life podcast. From Atlanta, Bob Rathbun saying so long.